0: Christ community, how are you guys doing? They put my table so close to the front, it's like me to want, they want me to fall off the stage or something coming down there. I can't stand that close to it. Hey, um, if I don't know you yet, my name's Daryl Holden. I'm one of the pastors here. Awesome to be with you in worship today, those of you who are live, those of you who are watching us online. Uh, this is a great fall series that we're in, exciting season for us as a church um, if you're new and you haven't, you weren't here last week. You don't have any clue what's going on. You're trying to figure some things out. We'd love to help you get connected to our church. So, if uh, those of you who are here in the room, a couple things you could do. You could um, scan the QR code that's in the seat in front of you. That'll take you to a connect card, and that will let you let us know that you're here, so we can help you get connected. At least figure out what's going on, so that we can give you some options. Or you could fill out a connect card out at the welcome desk that's out in the foyer and uh, we will trade you for your information. We will give you a coffee cup full of Godiva chocolate. So I think it's a good deal. Um, we're not gonna sell your information. We're really just gonna use that to, uh, to introduce ourselves to you and see if there's any way we can, we can help you and serve you. Those of you who are watching online, um, your service host will put a connect button there for you and you can let us know. Uh, that you're participating with us that way as well. So um, I love this series. We're in, we called it Crosswalk. We've been working on this together as a, a leadership team for a little over a year. We're talking about um, maybe a new way of looking at viewing our spiritual life as individual people and also our life together as a church community. And so um, this, is, this is a lot of fun for me as we, as we dive into this and I'm really grateful for all of you who are participating by coming to the messages either in person or online, who are reading the daily devotionals, you're praying and you're committing to things that you don't know the Lord's gonna call you to yet. And I, this is, it's really exciting to me and those of you who filled out the commitment cards, we had some great times of prayer for you this week and so uh, that's really major purpose of that commitment card is to, to say hey I'm in and to let the pastoral team be in prayer for you with you uh, over these five weeks now, I guess is what we got left to do. So I want to show you the um, the graphic that's really kind of our uh, our model, and what we talked about last week. So just by way of review, the base of this is that God is always moving towards you. He is; He's always moving towards you, and that's that's great news because no matter what your circumstances, God is always moving towards you, and He is always offering Himself and His grace and His blessings to you. And we talked last week about how he is always moving towards us in what we call the gospel and how he's offering us his life and his light in Jesus. And as we say yes to that, we have this faith story, the beginning of this faith story that he's giving to us But God never stops moving towards you. He doesn't stop offering himself to you once you say yes to his good news. It's like he continues to move towards you. You enter into a relationship with him, he's your heavenly father, he continues to move towards you. And so one of the primary ways that God moves towards us is through his word. And so what I wanna talk about with us today is how God moves towards us in and through his word. And so, as we jump into this, I wanna acknowledge that, that God's word is not the only way he speaks to us. I, I would argue, and I'm gonna flesh that out a little bit for us a minute, it's the primary way that he speaks to us, but it's not the only way he speaks to us. He speaks to us sometimes through um, through other Christian people. Sometimes it's in uh, like a pastor or teacher up front, kinda like we're doing right now. Some. Somebody will say something, and you'll know it's not from the person who's talking they' just you'll just know that that's from the Lord for you, and so God speaks to us through other people sometimes sometimes maybe you've experienced this where you have you've just felt like you need to say something to somebody, not like you need to tell them off, or, but like you need to say something to them that you, just, you have something on your heart to share with them that would be an encouragement, a blessing, helpful to them, or maybe somebody has done that with you and, and sometimes that's God speaking to us, through other people using you to speak to the people who are in your circle. So God speaks to us sometimes through other people. Um, he also talks to us to His spirit. There's one verse in particular in the New Testament that says, God's spirit talks to our spirit and tells us particularly that we're His children. And so we have these we have these impressions on our heart. we have this just this knowing, inside of us as Christian people, God the Holy Spirit lives inside of us and so God the Holy Spirit, He, he communicates to us by His Spirit directly. Sometimes God speaks to us through circumstances. You know, you're, you're asking God for, okay, so here I am and what do you want me to do? And there's a, there's a door laid, Just there's only one door open. Huh? That, that might be the Lord answering the prayer that you've been praying or, Lord, I'd like to go this way, Is this, are you okay with this? and you can't get down that path, like the circumstances, God speaks to us, circumstances, sometimes he speaks to us in times of blessing, sometimes he speaks to us through seasons of pain, but circumstances are one of the ways God speaks to us, and then I would say probably just for, as we're big picturing this, uh, dreams and visions. God speaks to us sometimes through, through like when we're asleep, dreams, visions, and, and we say yes to all that as a church, and I do personally, but, but we emphasize, as a church, and me personally, we emphasize God's word. as the primary way he speaks to us, he moves towards us, for a couple reasons. God's word is objective. Like we can see it, we can read it, we can study it, we can talk about it with other people, it's, it's right there, written in front of us. And these other ways are, they're more subjective. And so they're they're open for like, "hmm, what was that?" and so so you have this objective written word of God, and you have these other subjective ways, and sometimes these subjective ways that they may feel like God's speaking, but they're not necessarily God speaking to you. And so we say that like God's word is first and primary because it's it's written, it's objective, you can look at it, and God doesn't contradict himself, and so If these more subjective things don't line up with this objective one, then we have a grid for thinking about this subjective stuff that we see, hear, feel, other people say to us. And so we we emphasize God's written word. The other reason for emphasizing God's written word is is frequency, let's say it that way. Um, One of my favorite Bible characters is Abraham. So in Genesis, starting in chapter 12, and I think it runs through chapter 24 maybe, is the account of Abraham's life. It covers 100 years. So back those days, people lived a lot longer than they do now. Abraham lived to be 175 and 100 years. God showed up and spoke to him in one of those special subjective ways seven times. So when you think about that, that they were milestone marker statements that God made to him, but seven times in his walk with God that we know of he heard from the Lord and you and I, as people who live in this day and age when God has written his word down for his people, we have this incredible privilege of being able to engage with his revelation of himself and of his desires for us and the promises that he makes and the offers that he makes and the direction that he has for us to go we have the opportunity to engage with this on a daily basis. And and so we emphasize, without saying no, we say yes to those other things, but we emphasize God's written word, his communication to us. So I wanna wanna share with you from the New Testament one of the foundational verses of, of this idea that God has revealed himself to us in the scriptures, and he's told us what we should do in his written word. I'm in 2 Timothy, chapter three, starting in verse 16. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And I just am so grateful that God has made himself known and he's written that down and he's given it to us in a way that is beneficial for us. And so the scriptures, they are God-breathed, and there's a guy named Mark Batterson, he's an author, pastor of a church in Washington, D.C., and he calls this God-breathed a whisper. And I really like that, that God has whispered to us so that we have to to lean in, and we have to listen closely, we have to pay attention, It's, it's not it's not a shout that just washes over you it's 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 intimate and he has he is making himself known to us through this what he has breathed out. And so we have this again this incredible opportunity this incredible privilege as the people of God to engage with the Lord God himself through his written word. Now I don't wanna just assume that you're with me on this idea of the Bible being God's written word. There are a lot of people who would say, ah, maybe, right? So you're in church, I'm gonna say you're a maybe. Doubt there's very many no's to this. If you're a maybe, you're thinking through this, let me, um, let me tell you like, why I would say, and I, I can say with confidence, why I think it is a, it's a solid faith conclusion to declare that this is God's written word. So I've, I've got three, really four things for you. So the first one, the Bible actually claims to be God's written word. I mean, from start to finish, over and over again, it makes the claim that it, these are the words of God. This is the word of God, over and over again. And, and while that doesn't have to be your final word as you're thinking through this, it it should be taken into consideration. If you and I were, if we were meeting each other for the first time and I said, hey, you know, tell me about yourself and you told me some things, I should listen to what you're saying to me and they should at least begin to inform my belief about who you are. And so, so we don't just dismiss the Bible's claims for itself because it says that, but we'll acknowledge just intellectually honest, I acknowledge that that might, if you're not already bought in, that might sound a little fantastic, you know, that maybe too good to be true, that God actually wrote some stuff down and he's given it to his people. So if, if something is maybe a little bit hard to believe, you can dig a little further. And if you dig a little further in God's word, I think there's some things that point to a really strong conclusion. One is the unity of the scriptures. Okay, so, so we call it the Bible. And it's usually, it looks like one book, but it's not one book. It's 66 separate books that were written over a period of 1,500 years by more than 40 human authors who lived in different parts of the world, who came from different cultures. And if you read this book and pay attention, those 66 books all have the same general theme and they point to the same general place, it is astounding that that the Bible, 66 books over that kind of period of time, that that it has that kind of unity. And what that points you to is while there are a number of human authors, there really is one author, and that is God himself is writing down his word for his people, and so there's just this amazing unity in scriptures. I think you can also look at, um, at the fulfilled prophecies and predictions. So again, the Bible's written over about 1400 years, and there were people who were writing as early as 1400 years before Jesus, and as close as 400 years. So our country is not 400 years old, but in that 1,000-year span, from 1,400 years before Jesus to 400 years before Jesus, more than 300 predictions that they made about one who is coming are fulfilled in Jesus. The odds of that, I mean, like, I'm not a mathematician, so, but the odds of more than 300 specific prophecies and predictions being filled in one person who lives that much later, They're, the odds are so low that it's impossible except nothing's impossible with God. And so when I, I think when you take the, the claims that the Bible makes for itself, the unity of scripture, the prophecies and the predictions that are fulfilled, just those three things together for me I think you're on good, solid ground for making the faith conclusion that we really are reading the very words of God. This is capital T truth from God to his people. Now there's this fourth thing, and this fourth thing I don't think this flows out of the other three, but it's personal experience, And your personal experience doesn't make something true or false, but when it's true and you've experienced that, you're shaking your head yes at it. So I'm just gonna share with you, and I know many of you agree with me, personal experience the Bible is a life-changing book. If you spend time reading the Bible, engaging with God's word, learning who he is, and listening to what he has to say through the Bible, your life is going to change. It brings it brings life, it brings hope, it brings peace, it brings help, it brings joy in the circumstances that we're going through. It gives, us, it gives us something to hold on to in darkest stuff. And it gives us stuff to celebrate when we're low. If you, if you engage with the Bible, you're going to have an experience that is different than when you engage with any other book. And you might be looking at me and saying, yeah, Daryl, you're a pastor. Of course you have that experience with the Bible because that's one of the things that people, so here's what I would say to you, no. I, it's, it's not that I have that experience with the Bible because I'm a pastor, I'm gonna flip that. I'm a pastor because I had that experience with the Bible. This is my second career. My first career, I was, I was rocking along on my own plan for my life, and I was empty. And because I was empty, I engaged with God and I engaged with him in his word and in his word, through his word, I met him and he has fulfilled me and part of that, what he's like, that, the bonus that I guess I get in all of that is I get to be on, like this is my role now and I'm really grateful for that and so I, I'm not, like I'm not having Bible experiences because I'm a pastor, I was sitting where you guys sit and having experiences with God through his word, and he gave me this, and it's a beautiful thing. And my friend Tom, he's a pastor now, before, uh, he sold forklifts, and, and he started reading the Bible, and, and God did for him what he did for me, and Tom's statement, I love it, we just kinda laughed together, Tom says, if you start reading that book, it's gonna mess up your life. And, <laughs> He's absolutely correct. It's this, this, it's this, when you engage with God's word, he does things for you that you can't experience apart from him. He's always moving towards you. He's always making you an offer. He's always offering himself and his promises and his goodness and his grace and his blessing to you, and he communicates those things through, to us through his word. So again, wrapping all of that together, I'm saying to you, it is, it is a reasonable faith conclusion. It's not 100%, nothing's 100%. You gotta, believe, you gotta believe some things, but it is a reasonable faith conclusion. You don't have to check your brain at the door on this. It's a reasonable faith conclusion that God's word is, is the capital T truth for us, for his people. So, so the pandemic... I was doing a little research about this. this. The pandemic was actually really good for people's engagement with God's word. I, I didn't know that until I, just in prep for our time together tonight, today, I was, um, was looking at different research that's been done and, and everything I found showed that in 2020 and 2021, people's reporting their engagement, whether they were church people or not church people, that it had, it had gone up. So I wanna show you a little bit of that research, and this is actually from a study that was in 2019, and it was was done by Lifeway, which is Southern Baptist. It's research and a lot of resourcing that goes on with them, and so they just asked church, these are Protestant churchgoers, and they asked them, how often do you read the Bible? And so in this graph, you can see that 32% said they read it every day, and 27% said they read it a few times a week, and then it, kind of falls off from there. And um, this is helpful information, this is good to know. And I'm curious if you look at it, like where where would you see yourself in this about how often, how frequently you engage with God's word? But I gotta tell you guys, so I've been a pastor for over 20 years, and if you do the math on those first two, what well, you're at 59%, so I am, I find it hard to believe, as a pastor for over 20 years, I find it hard to believe that 59% of the people who go to Protestant churches read their Bible every day or several days a week. It's, just, it's not been my experience. It's actually, it's not been the experience that we've had as a church. I've polled you guys a couple of different times in the last couple of years. In September, last year, we we sent out a, a survey and asked you these things. and. 44% of us said that we were engaging with the Bible either every day or multiple times each week. And so we weren't at 60, and I just, I don't, I don't see that in people's lives. And I'm, the reason I tell you that is because, is because um, if you are struggling to engage with God's word, and there's something inside of you that's like, I know I should be doing this, right? It's whether it's just in this moment, or you str- if you struggle with this, here's what you need to know. You're not alone. There's so many people who struggle like you struggle with this. And so this, this weekend, this series, is it's not about beating anybody up for where they are. It's like, let's just be honest about where we are and how do we move forward? How do we go forward these days where we're taking some things very seriously because God is moving towards, them, towards us and he's making offers to us in them. And so what I wanna do to... Um, To finish our time together, I wanna offer you some things that I think will be helpful for you in increasing the frequency of your engagement with God's word. So let me share this quote with you. This is from Lifeway Research still. And they did this little study about how frequently do you need to engage with the Bible. And you can, I gave you the, if you wanna see the website and see the information there, you can look at it. But this quote to me was interesting. Extensive research of the impact of Bible reading shows that four days or more per week is the amount necessary to see significant life change. People who engage with scripture one to three days a week demonstrate the same effect on their personal lives as those who don't engage with it at all. Those who read the Bible four days a week or more, however, see radical, life-altering effects. So again, I don't think four is a magic number. It's not in the Bible anywhere, but it does show a level of engagement and a level of commitment and a level of receiving what God has to offer us. And so, so what I wanna do is offer you, what I think some practical stuff that will be helpful for you if if this is a struggle area for you, if this is an area where you say, man, I, I don't do this well, I don't hear from God, I don't receive from him, and I don't, I, I don't engage with his word. Um, I think this will be helpful for you. And so what I've decided to do Here's how I'm approach this, because I was thinking about this as I was driving earlier this week about how how to how to help you in this, and and the reason I got to think about it this way is because I like to read, and if you like to read, talking about reading the Bible is a different deal than if you don't like to read. And so, and some of you I know don't like to read, or you don't read well, you read slowly, or you know, and so. So what I wanna do is, I was, what I was thinking is, well, I like to read, but I don't like to do math. So, so what if, what if God made himself known to his people through working math problems? <laughs> so I'm thinking these days. What would I need to hear? What would I need to hear if I had to do math in order to hear from God? So this is, this is how I'm gonna present this to you, all right? So you, you, if you'll go with me, In these things, I've got a few things for you. Let me just first acknowledge with you that the Bible can be hard to read. Okay, the Bible can be hard, it can. It can be hard to read, even for people who like to read. Here's why it's hard. It was written 2,000 to 3,500 years ago. So it's ancient literature. And if you don't read a lot of ancient literature, it's it's really hard to read. It was actually written in other original languages, so we've got translations. It comes from different cultures. It's a difficult book, and not only is it hard to read, it's also really long. I was looking at the Bible that I read through, that I'm reading through right now in the mornings. It's 1,547 pages long. That's how long the Bible I'm reading this morning. It's got bigger print maybe than some of your Bibles, but 1,500-page book, That's that's a lot, and that can be intimidating. And so, so, recognizing that the Bible is hard to read, if you found it hard to read, it is. So, here's practically speaking, here's the first thing that I would say to you. When you sit down to read the Bible, pray. Okay, this, it's just to pray, it's to ask God for His help. Jesus told His disciples, and this was right before He went to the cross, right before He rose from the dead, went back to heaven, He said, talked about this. He said, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. One of the the ministries of God the Holy Spirit to his people is to guide you into capital T truth. And, And God's primary way of communicating his truth to us is in the scriptures. So to take a breath at the beginning of your time with God's word and say, all right, I need, to be, I need somebody to guide me here. Lord, would you guide me into your truth for my life? I'm, I'm sitting down and I'm gonna read this thing and it's hard for me. So would you guide me into your truth? And this is a promise that, that Jesus made to his people. If you'll, if you'll, if you'll follow him into his, like he will reveal his truth to you. So to ask him to do that for you. The other reason you need to pray in this Given you Ephesians chapter six verse eighteen, the other reason for prayer is you have an enemy of your soul, and it is a lot easier for him to jerk you around if you are not in relationship, you're not in communication with your heavenly Father. So he wants to keep you away from this book that God has given to you, makes Himself known to you, makes His promises known to you, reveal like he, this offer that He's. So the enemy of your soul is trying to keep you away. And these, these verses of Ephesians chapter 6, 18, they kinda wrap up this really cool section that lets us know we have an enemy of our souls and says, hey, here's, here's what you need to do, here's what you need to put on. If you're familiar with the armor of God kind of section of the scripture there, that's, that's this section of scripture. And it wraps up with this statement, pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Lord, would you help me see what you're wanting to make known to me today? I open my eyes so I can see this. David, the psalmist, I think it's in your daily devotionals this week, one of the prayers that he prayed was, open my eyes that I could see wonderful things in your law. And it's a great prayer. And so to start with, with prayer, so that's the first thing, is to start with prayer. Second one is, I've given you the word paragraph. We'll start with that word, all right? So this is, if you struggle reading, there is, there's pressure sometimes by well-meaning people to say, you ought to read through your Bible every year. I think you ought to read your Bible, you know, so if you make it through every year, if you can read fast and it makes sense to you, then awesome. And if you make it through, you know, a half a book of the Bible, a couple of chapters in a year, awesome. In, like, engage with it. And so if you would, if you want to start the paragraph, I don't know if you knew this, but when you... Wherever you flop open a written copy of God's words, the, the editors of the book have, and the publisher has given you paragraphs. They're indented, just like in, when you're writing or you're reading something else, they're indented, or they start with a capital letter that's bold. So you can see where the paragraphs start. And just take that paragraph and read that paragraph. And read it again. And if you see words that get repeated in there, or there's a command in there, or there's something that sticks out to you, write that down. If you have questions about it, write those questions out. Ask God, okay, ask him your questions as you're reading through this thing, and, and take that paragraph and just wrestle that paragraph to the ground. And if you spent 15, 20, 25 minutes, whatever, wrestling that paragraph to the ground, you'd have a good experience when you're spending time with God in his word. And if you spend time in that paragraph and you are tired of that, the other word is pages. Just read the rest of the page. That is, or read more pages. I'm telling you, you can't mess this up. You, if you will sit down and read the Bible, and I would suggest if you're if you're newer to this stuff, start in the Gospel of John. Start in the Gospel of John. And and if you prefer a little more action, then you could start in the Gospel of Mark. You can start in one of those two places and just start. Start reading and let God meet you in his word, whether it's a paragraph or whether it's some pages. It, you can't mess it up. It's good stuff. And, and he will meet you and make you offers and give you what he wants to give you. And I'll also say this. There will be days when you read your Bible and you will kind of come away from that time and say, I'm not sure what good that did. It's all right. We all have those days, all right? So it's okay. Here's what I would say to you in that. You probably can't tell me what you had for each meal this week. But you ate them, and you're here because you had those meals this week. And maybe some of them weren't even that good. You might remember them for bad reasons. But reading God's word is like that. It has cumulative effect. And I think that's why the research shows people who engage four days a week or more see more life change. It's because engaging with God in His Word has a cumulative effect. It builds up in our lives. And so, you know, some you talk to some of your friends. There's people in your small group, and they have this amazing morning in their quiet time, or you know, they tell you all these things that they're learning in the Bible. And if you have to be quiet during those seasons, it's okay that you're not hearing or learning or whatever. If you're engaging, good things are happening for you. You just might not be aware of it yet. So so paragraph, pages, something great happens that morning or you're wondering, did I waste my time? You never waste your time when you're engaging with God's words. So paragraph or pages. And then this next one is um, super practical, purchase tools. Purchase tools. If you struggle to know what the Bible's saying, there are a lot of good tools out there. Probably the, the first thing I would recommend and the easiest one to get hold of is a study Bible. And I'm not super particular. The, the NIV, which is the version that I read from up here, they have a really good study Bible. The ESV, which is the English Standard Version, they have a really good study Bible. The New American Standard, NASB. They have a really good study Bible. Like just get yourself a study Bible. There are overviews, there are a little commentary at the bottom that will help you understand some things. There's some things that teachers have written down, and some purchase tools. The other one, you may not be aware of this it's called Bible Project. And they have videos and they also have an app called Read Scripture, and they have done the coolest thing. They have taken introductions to each of the 66 books of the Bible and they last for about eight minutes, an eight minute video where you've got somebody narrating the themes and purposes of each book of the Bible and they're sketching it as they go along. And it's genius. And so I just, I wish they'd have had that when I first started this stuff. It is, I use it regularly and so I would tell you that's a great tool and it's free. So you don't have to buy that one. But practical help, like purchase tools. You're not, you're not limited to just what you've, what you've got in front of you with the Bible. There's, there's all kinds of help available out there to help you understand what you're reading. And then, this isn't on screen, but this is the last thing I would say to you, is the other piece about engaging with God's word is you gotta put it into practice. You gotta put it in practice, you gotta hear it and do it. And um, remember when I was in seminary, one of my professors, Howard Hendricks, told a story about a guy who was brand new to the Bible. And so he came to, call him Prof, he was famously Prof. So he came to Prof and he said, hey, I read in the Bible about this guy who, he he had this windfall of financial resource and he built these barns and the Lord confronted him on that and talked to him about you're rich to yourself and you're not rich towards God, what does that mean? And the prophet asked him, said, what do you think it means? And he says, I think it means I'm supposed to give to the Lord. Perhaps like smiled and shook his head yes, and the guy actually went and wrote a really big check and gave it to his church. I mean, just, he, was just, he was hearing and doing what God said in his word, and it's amazing that when you hear God speak, it's, this is an amazing result, when you hear him speak and you do what he says, he shows you things. And it's almost like this little breadcrumb trail. He'll, he'll lead you step by step where he wants you to go. So it's this beautiful thing of, of this, of hearing and doing what God has for you. And so, so my hope for you this, this week, because again, we're about forward, this week, would you spend time with God's word. In the uh, daily devotions that we have given to you, each of those days, there's a read this section. Don't just read the words that we've written. Read the scripture. And and engage with that scripture and let the things that that we've written maybe guide some of that engagement, but read the scripture this week and see what God does for you as you receive what he's offering you through his word. So I'm excited for this week for you. I think it's gonna be life-changing for some of you and it's gonna blow some wind back into the sails of some of you guys who've maybe fallen off the wagon This paying attention to what God makes himself known to us, how he makes himself known to us through his word. All right, so the last thing I wanna do with you is um, I'm gonna give you some discussion questions because most of you are in groups now, which is exciting so that you can talk through these things that we're talking about, the experiences that you're having, what you're learning as we go through our time in this. So these small group discussion questions, you can take a picture of this if you need to do it right here. You can do screen capture if you need to. It's also on our website. It's on the front page of our website. You might have to scroll down like just one little click but it talks, on our website, it talks about daily devotions and small group questions. So you can get these there starting tomorrow morning. But so here's the questions. Uh, first one is from the sermon and the daily devotionals. What did you most appreciate? All right, so keep it positive because, you know, we should be positive about don't have the pastor for lunch. That just is a good thing. Um, for you in your conversation, how convinced are you that the Bible is God's written word, that it contains capital T truth? And why do you think that? Just to have that conversation together, wherever you land on that, those group conversations, that's a safe place to have that conversation if you're still trying to figure some things out or if you're solidly convinced. So, so have that conversation. How and how frequently are you engaging with God's written word? And so the how is like the paragraphs or pages is really what I'm thinking. What's your, what's your general how do you engage and then how frequently for you? What'd you think about that research that was in the sermon that it takes four days or more per week? to see significant life change? How does, that, like, how does that impact your thinking? How does that measure up with your experience? What'd you think about that? And the last thing, read John 15:7, which we did not read this week together, but I think it'd be good for you to read it in your groups. Jesus connects our engagement with his words with God answering our prayers. And so why do you think that connection was made? And I think that will be a cool, cool discussion and helpful for you, and leading us into things that we're gonna be talking about in days ahead, particularly about prayer, and talking with our Heavenly Father. All right, so we've got two things left. First, I'm gonna pray for you guys, and then, doing something unique. Both you here in the room, and those of you here online, the announcements, we're gonna wrap up the service with the announcements, so when I say amen, you stay seated and watch the screens, or I'm gonna tell you now, because I might forget after I pray, but I do wanna pray for you. Let's bow our heads close our eyes. Um, Father, thank you that you're always moving towards us. If, If you didn't make yourself known, we would be lost and without hope. And so we thank you for, we thank you for how you've moved towards us in Jesus and that you have led us and are letting us see the glory and beauty of our Christ, that we're experiencing his power to to rescue, to save, to to heal, to bring light, life, to give us hope. Thank you for moving towards us in your word. Pray that you'd help us be people of this book, that you would open our eyes so that we could see wonderful things in your word. So I'm asking for myself and for my friends this week that, that we would have amazing experiences not just reading a book, but engaging with our Heavenly Father, that we'd have, we'd have things that would encourage us, things that would bless us, things that would give us hope, things that we'd be able to share. With people, not only in our little groups, but also in our workplaces, our school, our neighborhood, that, that you would prepare us through our time in your word, you'd prepare us for what you have in front of us. And Jesus, you are the word of God. These words point us to you. And so we honor you and we pray these things in your name.